line now. Taken along by Radulov. Got it on back to the point, and another shot is blocked back down. They hustle back for it, and they're trying to get there, and they get a trigger pull of a shot that went wide that time was Goodrow. And the Tampa Bay Lightning have won the Stanley Cup. gentlemen after 11 episodes just towards the playoffs for the stanley cup we are finally here and the tampa bay lightning have won it and in in pretty convincing fashion my name is colton peganon welcome back to another episode of the pond mike i know you're probably pretty upset uh given <laughs> your team did not pull through and i mean the bus and the like the hype train was going man but you know the magic at some point has to end um but if anything you gotta be pretty impressed with what the boys did eh yeah i mean i was thinking about it last night you know as i do going to bed thinking about hockey um <laughs> fucking weirdo and, yeah fucking <laughs> who, who kind of guy am i but uh no, so I I was thinking about it and like I don't really feel like like obviously there are teams that have been way more dominant um and like like I think the Kings won the cup in like almost a record fe- or uh, number of games like they played the fewest. Yeah. Um and most of most of Tampa's series went 5 6. I don't think they played any game 7s, did they? No, I don't think so. Um but like Boston went to 6, this went to 6 um who did they play before boston columbus went to five columbus was five um and then the islanders went to six but like i feel like they were never in any risk of like at any risk of losing any of those series like they they were i think hands down by far the best team in the nhl probably last year and this year last year obviously the the 4-0 to to columbus was uh a bit of a rough one for them but i mean they showed up here um Big that that team is so deep i mean what was it they added um they added blake coleman and um, yeah at the deadline and kind of uh, people are saying you know like you're overpaying um gave up nolan foot who's a, a pretty big prospect coming up has a rocket of a shot on the kid but um like it's all worth it if you win the cup and boy did they look good man like the entire team i mean i can't i can't think of a team in recent history that was that dominant and like good through their entire lineup um uh, yeah as far as i can tell like yeah oh, they, no, this was, it's, this was a very impressive right. performance yeah. yeah 
it's yeah. the the thing that sticks out for me the most about Tampa Bay is that all the time, like literally every single game, all of their lines were firing like at all cylinders. Like it's it's kind of crazy to think that a team it can be built so well. Like how do you yeah. get a team like this in the National well, Hockey the League today with yeah. the the cap, right? Like Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, you look at some of those contracts, like Vasilevsky's still on a decent, I think his big contract kicks in next year. Um, but they have Braden Point at an insanely reasonable price given what he put put into the team in the playoffs this year. Even yeah. Kucherov is at a reasonable price. Um and I mean you gotta give the credit, like Steve Eiserman is not there anymore. He's in Detroit, but he had a large hand in putting this team together the way it is today. Um, and I, I, he doesn't get a ring for it, but oh boy. Um, that, is, that is incredible team management. And not just one year. That's, that's years and years of uh, putting a project together. And I mean, they didn't even have Stamkos. They had Stamkos yeah. for two minutes and 47 seconds. I, I was going to say that. Like having arguably one of your best... Well, I mean at least top three of your players, right? Like between Braden Point, Kucherov, and him. Uh, yeah. Not having your captain, first of all, throughout the whole thing. And then what a story it is to have Stammer come back in game uh, four and just rip one top shelf. Like Dude, literally, like, oh what my God. Breaks goal. past the D-man. Like, Bray, uh, I don't know who it was. Yeah. It might've been Haskinen or Esselindel. But anyways, um, like gets a little nice chip pass off the, off the boards, gets past him, squeezed by. And just rips it top left, top left corner like Hudobin. Like, you know what? I wouldn't have been surprised if he even knew that like a shot went past him because it was that fast of a rip. Like, yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, it's I, crazy. Yeah, it's and it, like think about how much that would have fired the boys up. Like having your captain come back for the first game of the playoffs, plays less than three minutes. Because he did. He was like five shifts and it was like two minutes and 57 seconds or something like that that he was on the ice. And and guy rips a yeah. fat Gino. Like a fat. Like I, I don't think people understand how fat it is. It's fat. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... And they, the boy, like you could tell the bench was so hyped too. Oh, buddy, they like, celebrated oh, hardcore. Man. Yeah, and I mean, like speaking to that, like in terms of having Stammer, I feel like I, obviously, the team that wins the cup is usually going to be one of the favorites going into the the following season. But I mean, what? I can't think of any reason why they couldn't win again. Obviously, they lose a couple of those those pieces that we mentioned, like Barkley Goudreau. Um, but I mean, you can always add again, right? Yeah. And uh, you can always rebuild. Yeah, and like their core, like usually, usually you're talking about a core of players that's like two, three guys, you know. Um, like you're thinking Washington, you have, uh, like John Carlson used to be Mike green, John Carlson, Backstrom, Ovechkin, and then Holtby, like a goalie, um, Toronto, you obviously, you have the big three, um, and then, um, O'Reilly or Riley, sorry, my yeah, Morgan Riley, Morgan Riley yeah. um, Tampa, it's like their core is like half their team, bro. And yeah, they're seriously. signed too. It's not even like they're going to lose some of these guys. Vasilevsky, um, Hedman, they have Sergachev. Um, and then obviously your front end, like Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, 
it's it's nuts and that's not even mentioning the depth guys like sorelli like this is this is a crazy good team and they're gonna be good um and i i I gotta give props to 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 my boys over on dallas though this is a heartbreaking loss like especially given the circumstances in which the the playoffs were played this year it's gotta suck so much to be away from your families for two months You've gone all that way. You've played through so much to lose in game six of the finals. Yeah. Um, two, two wins away from a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's I mean, tough. I don't know. Like, Mike, I don't know if you saw. I'm sorry to cut in on you. I, I don't know if you saw the video of Jamie Benn getting yeah. uh, questioned by the press. But, man, you can yeah. just see the absolute heartbreak in his eyes. And you can hear it in his voice. Like, guy doesn't like pretty much for those of you who haven't seen the video, uh, he essentially gets asked like five questions and, and three of them, he just straight up, like he's quiet for about 30 seconds and then they just move on to the next person. Like, like, cause he absolutely just doesn't even crushed. know. Yeah. He absolutely crushed. And the thing is, is that in the past, like in the past, uh, years, like playoffs and regular season, um, Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan have gotten criticized very, very much for not stepping up to mm-hmm. the plate when it mattered most. But yeah, I mean, with, when it comes to Jamie Benn, this playoffs, like, he stepped up in a massive way. Like, massive. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And I mean, more, he, if they more than won, just scoring. Like, yeah. If they won, he easily wins the Conn Smythe, I think. Yeah, I um, think you're right, too. It's either him and, or Hudobin. Yeah. And or, to, to the guess, Sagan point. Yeah. Sorry. Like, Sagan, I mean, what was it? It was a 10-game goal drought. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was starting to catch a lot of flack. And I I know in our last episode I said something along the lines of Tampa looks like they're getting banged up and Dallas looks like they're pretty healthy, so watch out for that. Supposedly, obviously now that the playoffs are over, you're gonna get all of those yeah. undisclosed injury reports, right? Right. Looks like Tyler Sagan was playing through not only a knee injury, not only a hip injury, but a knee injury, a hip injury, and a groin injury. Oh fuck. Um so the fact that the guy was even on the ice and playing is insane to begin with. Yeah, um, leadership. Yeah, and Lead by I example, mean, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and this is a guy that I feel like a lot of the time, like ever since he won won in his rookie year with Boston, there is a lot made about how much he partied after that. Kind of like a a pretty boy sort of um, image that he's gotten around the league, at least in the media. Um, but no, this guy this guy wanted to win and he 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 gave his heart and soul for his team this year and just they came up just short um and it looked like they were out of gas too by the end of end, end of game 6 like last night i mean i was like the the third period they entered the third period with like eight shots and it just it looked like they didn't have anything left in the tank um which is i mean completely fair um yeah but I mean, one last stat from my end, and you could probably guess it's Vicky Hedman. Yes, of course. Going into, okay, so this is, this is a little bit old. So going into Friday night's game, I believe, Victor Hedman had played 434 minutes of five-on-five hockey in these playoffs and had been on the ice for just six goals against. Damn. Six goals in 434 Holy. minutes of five on five. He was obviously negative three, or he was on the on the ice for three goals against 
right in that game so that that kind of ruins his <laughs> that yeah, stat but i mean oh well absolutely insane performance very deserving of the con smythe but i mean even the con smythe that's got to be one of the tightest um tightest con smythe votes of all time i mean i'm pretty sure the the final tally was of the 18 voters nine headman first places eight um Braden point first places and one vasilevsky wow um with um kutrov not even making the the top three yeah so and i mean kutrov was like three assists off breaking wayne gretzky's record for assists in a playoffs oh really yeah yeah, i think eh? i think the record's like 31 and he was at 27 so so four assists high um but the only people ahead of him were mario lemieux and then wayne gretzky three times Jeez, and that was so, by the way um that was the most french way i've ever heard mario lemieux and doing my doing my family proud brother yeah you know what uh, wow I, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm giving you like a little clap right now that was impressive but <laughs> nice little golf clap there yeah um seriously though it's like i mean you can't you can't really put all of the win on one thing or one individual when it came to this tampa squad like um and not to mention too like it was guys that were i it's not that they don't normally step up it's just when they when they step up it's like holy shit man like this guy is good like andre palat like dude he had three goals and two assists in the last five games which five games was essentially the series like not including the first one which i don't know did they win by a lot in the first one no dallas won Uh, dallas won yeah yeah. Dallas was up one nothing, yeah. So I mean, uh, and then Braden Point was five goals, three assists. So that guy, absolute monster, monster. And then Nikita Kucherov with one goal and seven assists. Like this was one hundred percent, uh, just is spread out across the board. Like I'm looking, and there's a decent amount of points on every single ro- line. Like even the fourth line had yeah. three points in the last five yeah. games, which is not a whole like it's not a whole lot, but at the same time, you don't usually get a whole lot of points from your fourth line anyways right yeah so, man i mean it feels like they like were so over the top in terms of how good they are and how deep they were it's like feels like they could have won with like three less players on their team yeah um not not to take anything away from the contributions of any of their players but it's like chill guys yeah. <laughs> yeah. give the rest of the league a chance yeah, um, no. but one thing yeah. i do i do think it needs mentioning though and this is to I mean, I guess you could say to Dallas's credit, I don't know if that would be the right, like, terminology here, but they were, like, really banged up towards the end. Yeah. Towards the yeah. end, they were really, really banged up. Like, Rupe Hintz didn't play in game six, which Rupe is, like, one of... He was a very, very, like... He contributed a ton during this mm-hmm. whole run. So Very physical player as well. Yeah, so instead of, like, for example, I, I, Rupe was on the third line... But instead, you get this Justin Dowling kid, which I don't even know if I've, like... Uh, never like, heard of him. Yeah, never heard of him. And then um, there's another guy on the fourth line, Nicholas, K- like, C-A-A-M-A-N-O, like, Camano. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yep. But Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, no idea. And then the other guys, like, Kiwi Ranta, he was up in replace of somebody else as well. I think it was Andrew Cogliano, yeah. right? Yeah. Originally, yeah. originally. And then, um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, 
there was a time so guys heard it was rupe hence sorry i got a little off track there blake como didn't play for a good amount of the last of the very last series i think he was actually wasn't in that last game there yeah no um so blake como and then uh, andre sakura and yeah. uh radic foxa so yeah. like so many players and and not to mention too that's just the ones that couldn't play in the game so that's not even counting like tyler sagan playing with three separate like man was playing like he had been yeah. shot in three different parts of his body and yeah. he was just like playing like Literally. whatever playing so, on one leg yeah yeah so. and i mean i mean i've seen i think there was one tweet that kind of got a lot of traction like negative traction saying you know easiest cup to win um you didn't play any road games you didn't have to travel um that sort of shit and it's like dude it's the exact opposite like yes yeah. you didn't have to play any road games you also didn't get to play any home games That's sure you didn't have part. to travel you That's didn't have to travel part. neither neither did the other team exactly so i like... think more so like you take some of the intangibles out of the game right like sure winnipeg playing at home probably is a better chance of beating beating calgary shit like that right the fans do play a part but I think this way you're getting objectively the best teams playing the best hockey to win the cup. Um, and I think that that really showed here. Um, and I think if anything, this, this was harder, harder to win. Every team was firing on all cylinders yeah. in terms of having players available other than a few notable exceptions. Um, and I mean, what a grind, man. I can't even, I can't even imagine like living in a hotel it would be fun for like two weeks maybe for yeah. two months bro like i don't even i i can't even fathom it yeah so it's, it's just like and you know uh something that i've been hearing a ton through the playoffs too is like it's not even that people miss like you know they're just like homesick or whatever they're missing their their kids and their wife you know what i mean like uh, yeah. I've, i didn't realize that so many hockey players have like multiple children families and not even just like yeah. multiple children but multiple young children like very very young so it was a lot of the time it was like holy shit like these guys are have been away from their their like their love for for life for more than two months like it's it's fucking yeah. crazy dude so anybody that says that this was an easy cup to win is just completely out to lunch and i guarantee you like they're saying that with like a Big Mac in their hand and they're spilling it all <laughs> over themselves and shit. And they yeah. got like Coke all over them. Like, you know, like, like not Coke, Coke, but like the pop Coke. That's what I mean. <laughs> Come on guys. Just, just in case. <laughs> no, no, serious, <laughs> all right, buddy. Um, but yeah, so um, seriously, like this is, you cannot discredit what Tampa Bay or what Dallas has done. I know Dallas didn't win, but man, they put up a, a really good run um especially mm -hmm. like given where they were once at like being down uh to calgary like yeah they, 10 they, losses in a row <laughs> yeah yeah and think about it like i'm pretty sure it was what so they were down 2-0 against calgary or maybe yeah, was... I, I think i think they won that one in six and they didn't i don't think they won four straight but they I, were definitely down a couple of times i think they did dude yeah I think, or no, maybe Definitely maybe possible. Calgary won one, and then they won the next, and then yeah. and then I think they were down went back and forth, and then I remember that they were tied up with like ten seconds left to go in overtime, or no, sorry, they were losing with ten seconds left to go in uh in the third period, 
oh, and they scored right. and tied yeah. it up. And that game, they won in overtime. So that tied yeah. the series up 2-2. Like, yeah. imagine being down 3-1 three, three against Calgary. Like, they would that would have been a... They would have had to dig themselves out of a massive hole. So it's like... Yeah. I don't know. A lot of... Like, I just, I'm going to talk just quickly and then we'll move on. Um, yeah, go so, for it. Uh, dude, if this... If this doesn't show you how much of a workhorse this guy is, and I know you're going to agree with me, Mike, man, Joe Pavelski, like oh, baby. this, this guy is, is time and time again, just shows that he is so valuable to a team, no matter like what team he goes to this season that he got to the stars, he was extremely lackluster in terms of like production from a point perspective, kind of, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that like that being said, in the playoffs, not only did he contribute a lot in terms of points, but he also just he could he you could see that that leadership was was kind of being yeah. spread to his line and his line mates and and everybody that like was in the dressing room because whenever Joe Pavelski would score, they would win, and that that's not even like that that seems like a pretty broad statement, but to be honest, I'm pretty sure that that stat is actually pretty like accurate. I think. They were, they were like eight and one or something when jo- Joe Pavelski scored. So, I mean, yeah. it's kind oh, of dude, ridiculous. Yeah. Like I know Mike, I know you're a huge advocate of Joe Pavelski, but mm-hmm. man, like if this doesn't show that he's not the real deal when it comes to just like a 200 foot player, then I don't know. Like, I don't know. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. four goals I mean, they, and one was... assist in the last five games. And that's yeah. pretty much the series. Like, holy shit. I was just, I was literally going to say the one, one guy that I feel especially bad for is Joe Pavelski. Yeah. Um, having been on so many good San Jose teams yeah. and just not quite getting across the finish line. Um, and then this it's, it's tough. Um, but he's there another season, I believe. And, and supposedly in the off season, his, he was choosing between Dallas and Tampa so so that one hurts a little bit you chose wrong there wow. um well not not that wrong but a little bit wrong <laughs> yeah the whole stanley cup ring wrong but yeah no this guy like it, if you like you can youtube it the the way this guy tips pucks is fucked up he's got it like down you can watch science. him in practice he'll tip 10 out of 10 pucks like easy money it's insane yeah. Yeah. um and I mean, I you can't help but feel like he'll get another kick at the can before before his career's up. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this Dallas squad because still saying you know Tampa Bay is going to be a contender for a while now. Like they, they most of their uh, core is still relatively young. Dallas, that's not really the case. Jamie Ben is getting up there. Um, a lot of their back end is getting up there. Um, although they do have some good young players coming in, a bunch of Finns. We mentioned Rupe Hints, um, obviously right. Heiskanen. Um, Sagan's not too old, but, you know, Jamie Ben, Pavelski, Corey Perry's on his way out, uh, John Klingberg. So yeah. there's some older guys in that dressing room. It's going to be interesting how to see how they fare and what, if any, moves they make um, prior to the start of next season. Um, and just one last thing. We we, we got to move on to, to, some, to some free agent talk here now that the Season is officially over, but I couldn't help but notice a tweet from James Duthie last night or, or sometime yesterday Ooh, um, okay. 
saying he went to Sweden. I'm not going to try and say the city that he went to because <laughs> it has lots of V's and uh, it's just crazy. Um, to do a, went to this city to do a story on how the town produced so many NHLers and interviewed a 15-year-old prospect named Oscar Hedman who said, oh, wait till you here. see my little brother. Yeah. And Can you was, imagine, bro? That was the kid. too bad. I've never heard of Oscar Hedman. Looks like he didn't make it, but I sure have fucking, heard of Victor. <laughs> yeah, Vicky's been a legend for a while, apparently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we we should probably probably move on. Yeah. Um, a couple notable signings and buyouts, and then and then we got to talk some free agents. There's a bunch of good UFAs. That's been a lot's been made of that. Um, we've already talked about it a little bit few interesting RFAs as well. Um, but first off the bat, Jeff Petrie getting a $25 million four-year extension from the Habs. Um, this is kind of middle-loaded, and the Habs is one of those old-school rich teams very much loaded up on the signing bonuses here. Yeah. Um, with $3 million signing bonus in year two and year three. Uh, I got to be honest, Jeff Petrie really impressed me in the playoffs this year. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think that's a, that's a good move for them, locking locking him up. Um, it's not every day you come by a defenseman like that, and I feel like they got him at a fairly reasonable price. Oh yeah, um, just over five. You look at the comparables; he's a stalwart defenseman. You know, he can contribute offensively, not by any means a liability defensively. Um, he'll be he'll be good for a while still. Um, and on the other end of the spectrum here, um, the New York Rangers. Buying out Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, and I mean, as well. I gotta, I gotta say, it's kind of sad to see. Like, I guess, I guess they have two good goalies in Gorgiev and whatever the other guy's name is. Um, uh, Shosturkin. Is it Shosturkin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big Igor. So I mean, I guess it's a reasonable move. Um. But it really see it sucks to see a club legend um, of that caliber getting kind of just tossed out um, with the, you know. So, I mean, sucks to see. I feel like he still has productive years left in him. Maybe, oh, not, maybe not as a full-time starter. Um, but one, one thought that popped out to me right away, um, because I was noticing looking through the UFAs for this year, that Brian Elliott is a UFA, um, meaning that Philly will be looking for a backup goalie um, and potentially a vet to kind of complement the, the young Carter Hart, right? Um, True, wow. Feels like Henrik Lundqvist would have a lot to contribute there, although maybe won't want to move to Philadelphia from, from New York, um, but we'll, we'll have to see. Um, hopefully, hopefully he has a more fitting end to his career than being benched and then not even being dressed and then just kind of kicked to the curb. So I would, I would personally love to see him, um, make, make a little bit more, give a couple more productive years there. And, uh, yeah, well, what I was, what I was thinking was like, I wonder if, uh, because next, not this season coming up, but the season after that, uh, Seattle will be joining the league, right? Right. So mm-hmm. a team could definitely pick him up um, just as protection for 
for one yeah. of their for one of their goalies and then uh i mean to be honest if you're if you're seattle and one of the available goalies that you can pick from is Lungfist, like i don't know if i would necessarily want to turn that down you know what i mean like I, if you, I, as long as you have your number one already you know what i mean so mm-hmm. yeah. definitely yeah. could because i mean if he went to a brand new team like that they would definitely that team would definitely need some leadership in the room and and what better uh way to bring in a dude that has done it all and uh in hendrith lundquist so yeah I yeah know. definitely it, it's just something to think about you know yeah yeah for sure um so i think looking at i mean i would we'll want to go over some free agents here yeah um I, I looked through a bunch today. There are there's a large number. Um, really? <laughs> yeah. There, Wait, there's, there's just RFAs. RFAs and UFAs. I think let's let I, I we'll go through them. I went team by team, so kind of mentioned the RFAs with the UFAs. Um, but before we do that, I just want to touch on one inkling a little bit of a rumor today insider trading i think darren dreger broke it that the oilers are interested in oliver ekman larson and i mean arizona's right at the top of the list here start with the a teams right so um we've sure. we've kind of talked about it quite a bit that they are they're they're in a, a tough tough place their new gm is going to have a lot to to kind of decide on um and their captain, I think Oliver Ekman Larson has been on the cusp of being a really exceptionally high end defender in this league. And kind of the deciding factor is the fact that he plays for a really shitty team. Um, on a better team, he might look much, much better. Mm-hmm. And I mean, dude, the Oilers, like they need something on defense, right? Yeah. This, I think, would be an incredible move for them. What they would have to give up would be would be interesting to see, um, but that's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, because I, I mean, if someone like Oliver Ekman Larson leaves, you're pretty much going wholesale, like fucking bring all the players out into the yard, and whoever drives by pays twenty bucks, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, seriously. So that's that's going to be an interesting one. They're obviously most likely going to use lose Hall. They have a few notable um, UFAs and RFAs who we who we talked about last week. Um, Christian Fisher's RFA, Hinnestrosa's an RFA, Richardson, Soderberg are both UFAs. So yeah, when we were talking few, about few, it last time, I remember it, yeah. there was so many. Yeah, so I mean they're they're in a really tough spot, and especially with what we what we were noting about the the internal cap there. They don't even really have a ton of cap room to kind of make it work. So that's really tough. I mean, I guess from the GM's perspective, like you can't possibly get fired, but like that's a rough. Hey, you're not you're not being set up for success there. Um, but anyways, on to the actual UFAs and RFAs. Um, I want to talk goalies first, man, because okay. there are a few. So I already mentioned Brian Elliott. Um, who I don't think anybody really considers a, a legit starting goalie anymore. No. Um, but definitely a, a strong number two option. And I mean, looking at the playoffs this year, 
the one note, like the, the two notable exceptions to the two goalie rule were the two finalists in Vasilevsky and Kudobin. Yep. But a lot of teams saw success running with two goalies. Um, so having, having someone like Brian Elliott as a backup could be huge. Cam Talbot is a UFA. That could be big as well. Yeah. Wow. Um, he's kind of bounced around, and I feel like he's kind of like we haven't seen the best of him the last couple of years. But I don't again, think so. you know, we'll we'll have to see. Um, just because UFA, you might be able to get him really cheap, and there's a few teams in the league that I feel like having someone like that that's like you probably aren't going to get like a top ten goalie. But at least having someone that you know is decent is sometimes very valuable. Oh, definitely. Um, but then, I mean, obviously, Hudobin, who I just mentioned, UFA, um, he might get paid. Yeah. Um, what a playoff run that is. Kind of talk, talk about boosting your own stock there. Holy shit. Yeah, he did um, it at the perfect time. Yeah. So him, Markstrom, Laner. And uh, actually, also Corey Crawford, all UFAs. Oh, true. Wow. So, I mean, dude, like the goalie market is insane. Markstrom, I mean, most of those guys, Corey Crawford's 35, I think. Markstrom and Laner are right around 30. Um, so, like, for goalies, not not over the hill by any means. I think Hudobin is around 30 as well. I'm not yeah, actually sure. Yeah, I think sure. he was like 33. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting because. I can think of a few teams that could use a top top end goalie. I mean, obviously the the Oilers kind of made a snap decision, went out and paid Miko Koskinen yeah. an obscene amount of money for for what he'd shown in the in the NHL. But um, that's that's a team that comes to mind in terms of needing needing a, a legit number one goalie. Um, yeah, potentially, like I. I know I, I said this in an earlier episode, and I still kind of feel the same way that Freddie and I don't think Freddie Anderson is perfectly secure in Toronto. Like, no, I don't. I don't think, think so he's either. a bad goalie. Yeah, I don't think he's a bad goalie by any means, but I feel like there's a distinct possibility that he gets moved, and or they bring in someone else. Um, yeah, I, I think you'd be all right. Yeah. Like, with that kind of assumption i've yeah. heard it from a bunch of people that um freddie anderson is probably going to be on his way out and i mean yeah. if if it's me and i'm not a toronto fan i'm like <laughs> well freddie anderson has probably been one of your best players over the last like four or five years where yeah you know if you're looking at guys that probably need like help like yeah, I I I don't know. I think your decor kind of needs a little bit of help more than your goaltending. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, definitely. And there's... also, I think, like, what was it? How many games did it take them to get a win with their backup this oh, year? Buddy. Nine. Holy. Nine games. Ten know. games. So I mean, I I think definitely there is that factor of like, before you bail on your starting goaltender maybe consider getting a backup that you can actually play so he doesn't have to play every goddamn game yeah. um having said that i did feel like in the playoffs against columbus obviously mersleekens had that one game that he stole and whatever the other guy's name is jesus christ 
blanking um, on that one. He was so good though. The, oh no! Sorry, the, on Columbus. Yeah. Oh, um, Corpusalo. That's the one. Yep. I, I knew it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. The, the brain's a little slow tonight. Sorry, oh, yeah. boys. Oh my god. But uh, but yeah. So I mean, I couldn't feel like help but feel like in that series that like he definitely by no means lost them the series. Like he played it uh, exceptionally well. Yeah. But it felt like. A team like Toronto, the way they're built, need a goalie that can just straight up steal them games. Um, and you look at a lot of the other really quality teams in this league, and a lot of them have a goalie like that. Um, Vasilevsky didn't really wasn't really put in a position where he had to do that this playoffs. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> five shutout overtime periods, game one against Columbus, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, shut out in the game six, the Stanley Cup final. That's pretty good. Um, you know, yeah, Tuka Rask obviously didn't play that much. He left the bubble early. Um, but that's someone in Boston. He's made Boston a perennial contender. Yep. Um, so I mean, even even looking at like Philly, Philly as a team underperformed, I think, quite heavily. But um the goaltending kind of got them through a lot of it. Yeah. That is, um, that's for sure. Yeah. And what's interesting to note about these free agent goalies, like just looking like Laner, Markstrom, and Hudobin, right? Are three, I think it's hard to argue against the fact that these are th- were three of the premier goalies in this league this year, including yeah. playoffs, right? Like obviously you have like the big names like Carey Price, um, Mark Andre Fleury, even though he ended up not playing because of Laner, yeah. um, your Vasilevskis, right? Tuka Rasks, um, Connor Hellebuck, uh, Vesna, Freddie but, Anderson. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But none of these guys have really gotten paid yet. Um, Kudobin's on a very like reasonable contract. I think looking at it, we looked at it last week. He was in the mid four four million range. Um, Laner has signed back-to-back one-year deals, kind of prove-it deals. Um, and Markstrom has been making mid-tier money in, in Vancouver. So it's going to be interesting to see. Like These guys are guys that are going to be looking for a payout now. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see who's willing to give it to them and, and how much they're able to get. Um, because yeah. as, as we've talked about to, uh, to a large extent, is the, this is not the year to get paid um no so hoping hoping the best for them hopefully they can pull in some cash um but it's gonna be interesting because any one of those goalies can turn a turn a mediocre team into a contender overnight right yeah um and i mean obviously i mean i feel like vegas and vancouver will be looking to re-sign those guys um like markstrom and laner yeah, but but it'll be interesting to see. Like Dallas doesn't really have any. Like they have Ben Bishop, right? So, true. Be interesting to see how the goalie market kind of plays out, given um, the fact that we had we do have an expansion draft coming up at the end of this next season. Um, and I feel like once one goalie goes, the the dominoes will kind of fall into place. So that's that's definitely something to keep an eye on because uh, like. It's a known fact that that goalie is 
probably the most important position if you, if you want to build a contender. Um, so there's, there's that. Yep. Um, and there, there are a few teams fighting for those, those spots that, that need a goalie like that. So um, definitely going to be interesting coming up to the draft. I believe the draft is next week. Um, so the, some moves might get made um, between now and the next time you hear from us. So um, it's going to be it's get, getting exciting now that the playoffs are over. Oh, I'm, I'm pumped, man. Yeah, for, dude, there's for all of these moves. Yeah, we well, not only that, but we also can kind of like expand a, a little bit of what we can talk <laughs> about because. Like, yeah, no kidding. Eh? We, we've said for like ever since the beginning of the podcast and before we even made uh, the pond, we we like we're talking about how you know we we don't want this to be strictly a hockey podcast like we do want to talk about other stuff as well even though we want it to be like somewhat centralized around hockey you know so mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to be nice that we're going to be able to you know talk about some stuff that we wouldn't necessarily you know talk about in a random episode because i mean we've been talking about the playoffs like can you imagine mike like the first episode that we recorded can you imagine that with like also some random shit that we talk about thrown on there like pushing two and a half hours like (laughs) so yeah um, yeah it's it's gonna be nice because then we can also like next episode uh we're gonna be bringing our buddy curtis on uh our buddy curtis Mm -hmm. kennedy is a big big prospects guy uh big ottawa senators fan and and they are redeemable fan yes and and they have like a massive draft coming up in just about a week's time from now i think the wednesday right or sorry no the um, hold up i think it's october 6th whatever day that is it's the wednesday i oh actually yeah i think you're right yeah yeah i don't even know what day of the week it is so (laughs) (laughs) so i mean like that's gonna be a pretty good episode because there's this draft coming up obviously is massive the lafreniere i'm so hyped it's gonna be so hyped yeah, and yes. oh, that reminds me. One thing I didn't even have it in my notes because I'm an idiot. But uh-huh. the <laughs> real dumb over my here. Yeah. Um, the Rangers dumping Mark Stahl's contract. Yeah, true. true giving true. up a second round pick to Detroit to get them to take it, clearing com- some cap space, could be to to try and sign some of uh, some of the the young guys they have coming through. They have a couple notable RFAs. Um, I think Tony D'Angelo is an RFA this year. He was decent, although big asshole. So fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> did good for my fantasy team though, so I can only like half hate him. Yeah, fair um, enough. But the big thing was Bob McKenzie dropping a bomb. Well, I mean, not that much of a bomb. That teams were making calls about Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel is supposedly not too happy yeah. in Buffalo. We talked about that. Doesn't really True. look like they actually entertained any offers or anything like that. Like they're not shopping him. And he hasn't yet asked to leave. But Jack Eichel is a type of player that I could see going to the New York Rangers. Right. If they have the cap space for it. I mean, talk about his Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panarin line. Talk about a fucking Jack Eichel, Artemi Panarin line. Jesus Christ. Yeah, holy so, shit, eh? I mean, as, especially as an American kid playing in the Big Apple, like you gotta, you got to think that that's, that's on his bucket list somewhere. So um keep an eye out for jack eichel um and i mean guy buff buffalo is the next team on my list here so we're we're flowing smoothly right now yeah love to see it buddy you know what 
when I heard that Eichel was being like not they weren't shopping him like you said yeah, yeah. but the fact that they're like consider like you know they're considering stuff you know what I mean and that's like yeah. something that it's not even like that's not really even up to them at this point like I feel like they gotta either take like if they don't excel this year which to be honest they have almost the exact same team as they did um like this past year and yeah. I, unless they can have like some like we've seen them be dominant but i don't think that they would like they can't even sniff the stanley cup man so it's no not it, even it's, close so i mean if they have another horrendous year like they have where it's just a complete breakdown i'm mm-hmm. pretty sure jack eichel is going to ask for a trade you know what i mean like, yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those like it's going to be like one of those like fuck this I'm out of here and and you know what mm-hmm. if if you're like if you're the GM in Buffalo and you're like I need this guy to stay because he's a, obviously a franchise player like Jack Eichel is easily oh, top dude. five if not like you know uh, in, in yeah. the league right he's he's a yeah yeah, yeah he's 100%. very very good right so you let him go then whatever fine but you better get a very good payday in return because you cannot let him just walk away. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, (laughs) or I guess it's skate away. (laughs) 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 I got him. Yeah. yeah, Well, I mean, it feels bad for, yeah, it feels bad for Rasmus Dalin too. Like they looked like they were kind of on the up when they got him. And oof. I mean, that's, that's one thing. Like they could be better this year. Who knows? Yeah. Um, It's not, it's not like they have a super shit team though. Like, no, that's the crazy thing. They have a decent team. Like, uh, I don't know. They have what? Like Sam Reinhart. They have Jeff Skinner. They have Jack mm-hmm. Eichel. They have um don't. that that kid uh, Olafson, Victor yep. Olafson. Don't forget. Don't forget Eric Stahl. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Right. So big, big move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I mean, Olafson and Reinhardt are both RFAs this year. Um, both eligible for arbitration. But those sure. are two guys that they definitely want to lock up. Yes. Um, no, especially considering where the team's at. Like those are two players that you absolutely need at the beginning of training camp next year. Yes. To even just to take a step towards convincing Jack Eichel that Buffalo is the place he wants to be. Um, other notable Wayne Simmons definitely on his way out. Didn't really contribute much to them right. uh, once he signed there. Jimmy VC, um, his career's kind of gone down the shitter. This is a guy that yes. um, he bailed on his... I forget who drafted him. I think it was Columbus that drafted him. Basically bailed on Columbus, said, I'm going back to college, going to wait out the whatever, however long you have to wait, and I'm going to sign as a free agent. Has kind of bounced yeah. around the league, hasn't really produced. He was a star in college. I think he went to BU or Boston College. Sorry for mixing the two up. Um, oh dude buddy <laughs> yeah yeah rough one don't don't Whitney hammer me would too kill hard. you <laughs> um but yeah so he's a ufa be interesting to see if he gets signed anywhere never mind buffalo yeah um and one final shout out here i'm just noticing lawrence pilot or pillet d man who i have never heard of but he just signed a two-year deal with tractor in the KHL, so that's <laughs> that's a team. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that deserves an honorable mention there. Yeah. Um, moving on, we got, I already hammered the goalies. Let's move on to Colorado, I guess. 
Um, so you got Nemestikov as a UFA was definitely a quality rental for, yeah, for this I, year's playoffs. To be honest, I think 100% Joe Sackick should re-sign him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they have the space to, and I don't feel like you're going to have to pay him that much. Like, nope. he didn't have such an insane season that it's like this guy is deserving of big money, right? Yeah. No, he uh, he 100% was a great, uh, like, another... Man, I you know what? I, I I'm and it's not because Joe Sakic is is one of my favorite players of all time. Like the guy has just been so good at oh, the GM position. Like yeah. he's made such good moves and like Nemestikov, yeah, another guy that. you bring in and and just in instant co- contribution. Like that's uh that's something that has been very very nice and refreshing with all of these moves. Like Don Skoy, mm-hmm. Burakovsky, Belmar. Nemestikov, like all those guys being brought, even Kadri, all those guys yeah, being brought in huge. ended up being core parts of the team's like identity towards the end of the season and into the playoffs too. So, yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, it's that generation of players too. Um, you got Joe Sackick in Colorado. You got Iserman, who what did what he did in Tampa Bay. Now he's working on Detroit, who yep. definitely a bit more of a project than Tampa Bay was. Um, and then you got Billy Guerin now in uh, Minnesota who has started to make some moves. So we'll see how that ends up. Um, but I mean, the, the, between Eiserman and Sackick, like you've seen a ton of success players are ra- like a similar age, same generation of player. Um, so love, love to see those kind of guys getting back into the, in back into the game and, and yeah. doing some good. Um, and also like, I mean, they, they, you're saying Colorado definitely has the money to sign Nemestikov, but they have a pretty large class of RFAs here. Um, Burakovsky, Tyson Jost, Nichushkin, Ryan Graves, and Nikita Zadorov, um, all RFAs this year. Not all guys that will expect big money. Um, I feel like Zadorov is right near the bottom end, but definitely contributes. Same with Ryan Graves. Burakovsky, I think, is probably your big money RFA there. And yeah. even then, you're probably not looking at too much of a cap hit. No. Um, and Tyson Jost, I mean, was a huge prospect coming in, but I don't feel like he's contributed enough to really no. warrant like a big contract. Maybe, maybe a couple of those guys you give like a one, two year deal, like a prove it deal sort of thing. Um, like Patrick Line got, who, right. by the way, um, is apparently trade bait now so yeah and and that was one like we we you and i were texting about that colorado could make a run at patrick line bro yeah that would be be insane um i can't even like can you imagine a top line of like mckinnon rantanen and line like oh my god it would just be it'd be stupid um, I, I mean, the top line, yeah, the power play would be fucked. No, uh, yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Power play. <laughs> I, yeah, you'd well, have, I mean, both. You, oh, buddy, you could have Line, Landiscog, McKinnon, Rantanen, Makar. Like, yeah, which is just I. That's the stupidest power play I've heard in Man. like ever. Like, it's straight Man. up ever. Any team that has like like between McKinnon's release and how hard he shoots the puck. And line is shot like that's just bullshit. I like, yeah, you plant one ooh. on each side and then just. Why would anybody want to play goalie in the NHL when there's teams like that? Well, and same <laughs> with same with like Makar. If you have him up top, yeah. you have McKinnon on the left. You have uh, 
yeah it's line a on the right like it's a oh my dude. god dude i don't even want to think about yeah. it like so i think i think color like i think colorado is a very real contender for line a there um obviously there's a lot of places that he could go um and it'll be interesting to see what kind of return winnipeg would get for that but it looks like they're legitimately shopping him here there's been kind of talk about it for a few years now um and i personally have always rated line a very high yeah um he's, i he's think he's player. much better then he kind of get especially in a Canadian market, he gets stick. He's like kind of that William Nylander thing where it's like, oh, but he doesn't back check or like he doesn't try that hard or he plays too much Fortnite, which like <laughs> may be legitimate <laughs> concerns, like whatever. But the guy can still put if 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 you're scoring 40 goals at any point in your career, you're a good player. I'm sorry. Yep. That's a fact. In the NHL, mind you. So like, come on, come on, give him a break. Yeah. And he's young, like Jesus Christ. Um, but anyways, sure. moving on. Um, we're we're uh, getting sidetracked here a little bit. Yeah. Of um, Columbus, one main dude, Pierre Pierre Luc Dubois. He's gonna get paid. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, they don't have anybody else, anybody else to pay, so there he is, gonna get some money. Oh definitely. Um, Dallas, few RFAs, Gurianov hints um faxa's rfa and then obviously we talked about hudobin but then andre sakara Corey perry matthias yanmark and roman polak all ufas so that's a fairly significant portion yes. of their roster um that they're gonna have to either resign or replace um so we'll see we'll see i i mean i don't think those are such big blows to their their overall roster strength that they can't uh contend next year um but it's gonna be interesting to see who they sign who they don't um nobody cares about the detroit red wings um (laughs) anthony mantha just kidding kidding. yeah 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 they got anthony mantha tyler bertuzzi robbie fabry just signed sam gagne to a one-year deal brandon perlini rfa they have some people to sign i believe in steve eiserman honestly if they don't sign some of those guys, it's because they're shit. I have 100% confidence in Steve Eiserman to make the right decision there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Edmonton, the one notable guy for me is uh, Ethan Bear. Um, right. He is a legitimate... I, I, I actually do think he's one of the best young defensemen in the league. Um, not in like a Haskinen, Seth Jones, like Kale McCarr, Quinn Hughes level. Yeah, but just below that, just below that. Right. Um. So I'm expecting big things from him, and like, I mean, a team like Edmonton can't be a aff- can't afford to be letting players like that go. So expect him to get the money that he wants. Um, Florida Panthers actually have three big UFAs in uh, Dadanov, Eric Halla, and Mike Hoffman. Mike Hoffman making TSN's top ten uh, UFA list. Dadanov also very good player um hoffman, and this is a team I, I, like just hoffman just quickly is definitely gonna be going because yeah oh yeah he he's gonna get paid somewhere like big time yeah i mean it's gonna be interesting to see too because i feel like he's gotten a really bad rep in terms of what he brings to the dressing room um and we all know kurt almost got punched out um in, in <laughs> kitchener so um <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely been friendlier guys uh, that's all i'm gonna say i remember I, I, saw him. And I love you yeah i, I, <laughs> I remember we saw him in in fucking um what was that Stark and perry we saw him yeah 
Yeah, yeah. that was jokes. Shout out Stark. It's not yeah. even called Stark and Pear anymore. God damn it. I don't even know what it's called now. I've never, yeah, I don't remember the last time I've been there. <laughs> I know when it was, I just don't remember it. That is so bad, dude. I don't know whether it's the PAX or... or fucking... No, it's definitely not that. It's like, oh, it's Prohibition. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to quickly run through a couple more. There's really only, I mean, a couple, one UFA that I do kind of want to mention is, is Ilya Kovalchuk, just because, I mean, Ooh. this guy's legend. But a lot of teams don't really seem willing to to take a chance on him. He had a good beginning to the year in uh, Montreal. Went to Washington. Kind of thought that he would do better there. Um, decent Russian contingent. They like their shooters. Didn't do great. So be interesting to see. He could very well just go back to the KHL. Probably has like a decade left in his KHL career. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, two two p two RFAs. I mean, we're gonna we're I kind of have to wrap up the episode here this one's going to be a bit of a short one folks um i apologize i have some debates to to catch up on um but to foley someone maybe we can talk about next week he's a ufa uh in vancouver i believe but two two rfas that are worth talking about for very different reasons nolan patrick is an rfa this year um in philadelphia and this is a guy i think he went second overall behind um uh the guy in in new jersey oh um nico heischer yeah 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 so he went second in that um i think that was the Pedersen draft as well um so he's barely played in that nhl game Uh, he has struggled heavily with concussions post-concussion syndrome um and migraines have kept him out kept him out this entire season i think he came back for one game um and then was put back on the long-term injured list so that's such a bad injury man like as someone that has had concussions in the past like i can't even begin to describe how shitty even a minor concussion is and this is obviously much more than that at such a young age too like this i mean after this season like this could very well be his career um and I really hope the best for the guy. Like he can't, he's, he's like a couple years younger than you and I. Um, and like head injuries are just no, no fun. So yeah. Hope he can, hope he can get healthy. Um, even if he just like, you know, you, even if it ends up being like, he's obviously got the talent to play in the NHL. Um, it's whether he is the durability, um, and whether it's safe for him head wise, um, but hopefully, hopefully he can he can pull it together and get get uh, get his brain nice and nice and padded up and get back out on the ice. Yeah, and that'd then, be nice. There's a lot of yeah. there's, sorry. There's a lot of players that they just yeah, it sucks, man. They 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 get these head injuries and then it haunts them for the rest of their career. They can't. It, yeah. It's not something that you re, you can rehabilitate over time too. Like it's no, it's literally it's just yeah, exactly. So it's like. One, you could be fine all of a sudden one bad hit and you're right back into the the shithole again so yeah yeah um, and the worst part is is like it's not just your career like it's your life yeah man yeah. like it affects every you know, day it's life. like sure you can't play hockey but you might also just not be able to watch tv or like go for a walk and like yeah. really basic shit so 
um, at such a young age, that would be such a such a difficult decision to make. Um, so hopefully he's not quite there yet. Hopefully he's able to to get back on his feet, so to speak. Um, but the last one, I know you and I disagree on this one a little bit. Matt, uh, Matt Barzal. Matt Barzal, RFA this year. A lot has been made of this guy not liking playing for Barry Trotz. Doesn't really let him um, express himself and express his skill on the ice to the extent that he can. Um, I personally think Mar- Matt Barzal is in contention to be a top 20 player in this league, if not already a top 20 player in this league. Um, doesn't really put up the points to back that up, but I think that is mostly given, but mostly down to the system that he plays in. I think in terms of creativity um, and creating chances out of next to nothing, he's among the best in the league. And I mean, one thing we haven't talked about, and I'm sure we'll talk about it next week with Curtis Ottawa is going to need to do some serious signing to get to the cap floor. Yeah, which is um, after buying out Bobby Ryan. Yeah, this seems like this seems like we're talking like every single year. It's like, oh, Ottawa is not going to hit the cap floor again. And then they sign some big contract or bring in some dude that they're paying like eight million dollars for no reason. Yeah. Um, but this is a team that not only has the picks but the cap space. To take a legit to to take a legit run at offer sheeting by Barzell or or someone similar, right. um, I think Barzell like Dubois will just get paid um, in Columbus, and I think Barzell is the only other big name RFA this year. Um, but man, like I, I don't think he will get offer sheeted because for what he would be getting paid for first round picks, I don't think is almost ever worth it. No, um, no matter how good the player is. Um. Because yeah, it's just tough. You, but I mean, if any team could do it, Ottawa has the picks. They would still have a first rounder this year. Um, they would still have like six picks in the second and third round. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see whether or not they'd be willing to even fork out that type of money for one guy. Um, it's yeah, hard to say. It's true. Um, but yeah, so Barzal is a big one to keep your eye on. I know Colton, you're not as not as high on him as I am. Yeah, I think this guy is an absolute stud. Yeah, he's he's really good. Like Barzal is definitely one of like one of those guys that you want to have as your franchise player. I just, um, I think if he was to get an offer sheet, the team that would be giving the offer sheet would be crazy to do that. But that's just like it's just mm-hmm. wait because the money that he would be expecting and money that yeah, he'd be looking for Marner money yeah exactly he's lo- he's be looking for big money which is not worth four first rounders that just makes no fucking sense whatsoever yeah. so that's a, I mean that's all really I have to say about Barzell yeah yeah I mean that's fair I think I I mean it's hard to say about like how much you like have to give up to offer sheet someone of that um caliber I don't know if I would advocate to make it any less just because then it I, I might just make it too easy. Right. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we saw the one offer sheet Montreal gave someone, right? I forget who it was Sebastian now. Ajo. That's right. And it, and was, it was like just... a, a complete low ball. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if that, that, even, that function even is used at all um, in the next few years. I feel like it'd be more likely with like a mid-tier guy, like maybe yeah. a Sam Reinhardt type. Yeah. Um, but we'll have to see. 
Um, I feel like in terms of being um, like lured away from a team, Barzal is like kind of in that position where I feel like he would be happy to get out of Long Island. Oh, um, yeah. Having said, like, I mean, I don't think he's like pushing for a trade or anything like that, but um, yeah, I, I, it, it would be interesting to see. Ottawa, like this year of all years too, like given the number of picks they have, they have the opportunity to do something like that. Whether or not it's worth it is a different conversation, and I, I kind of agree with you that I like basically no matter who it is, I don't necessarily think it's worth it. No. Um, but it's something to keep your eye on for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's all I've got. We we skipped a couple UFAs. We talked. I think we talked enough about Petrangelo the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, and I mean we'll see next next week when you hear us. It'll be our pre-draft thing um, with with the irredeemable Sens fan. Curtis Kennedy. Yes. Um, and it's going to be a great episode. Oh, it's going to be a banger. Probably going to be a bit longer. I'm going to be honest with you. Plenty yeah. to talk about. Yeah. And hopefully there's going to be some big moves on some of the players we just talked about between now and then. Um, and we'll kind of be able to get a better idea. And then post-draft, we'll be able to run you down, run you through the teams, kind of look at where everybody stands and how things are shaping up for the, for the following season. And maybe... There will even be some news about how the next season's going to look, yeah, um, because that that's be nice. still up in the air as well. Yeah, I I think it's it's kind of ridiculous that just quickly to touch on that, how Gary Bettman is saying that they're going to play the whole eighty-two game season, but they're going to start it in January, and they don't want hockey to go into July. And it's like, uh, okay, <laughs> so how are you yeah. going to do that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think at the very like. It, it, even if it is an 82 game season it's not going to be like a league-wide like teams are going to play within like their region um and then it's weird like how do you you know like the whole like if divisions already play each other a lot yeah but then like if you play your entire regular season against your division like you might get to the playoffs it turns out one division is just garbage but um that's definitely a conversation for another time. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, you got anything else there, Colton? Uh, no, not really. Like, if anything, uh, you know, just congratulations once again to uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning for an absolutely incredible season and and winning the cup. Just, just that beauty. scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a little. Weird. I actually just jumped. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I had to hit you with it, but. Um, yeah, so if anything, just, uh, good for them. And, um, yeah, I guess I, I think John Cooper's kind of sleeping easy tonight because he was definitely oh, on the yeah. hot seat if, uh, oh, if they didn't dude. win the cup. And he was buzzing after they won. Oh, yeah. Dad, did you see his, like, post-game thing where he, like, la laughed? He's like, we're going home 30 pounds heavier, boys. <laughs> and then tackled. And it was like, awesome. oh, shit. Buddy's off the hook. Yeah, good for him, dude. Honestly, yeah. good for him. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, and also another thing. Um, yeah, Wes, if you if you ever listen to this episode, uh, screw you, buddy. Victor Hedman is amazing, and he deserves <laughs> to be talked about as much as we have been talking about him. Yeah. So, um, Victor Hedman, have my children. Yeah, seriously, this is gonna be. I like Mike said on our Twitter page with that, uh, you probably still aren't following yet. I don't know why at podcast underscore pond. 
Um, he said that this uh, podcast soon is just going to be like solely about Victor Hedman. And you know what? Yeah. I think I'd be yeah. all right with that. So yeah, 100% <laughs> looks like an interesting guy. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, I think that's going to be it for this week. Uh, so if you made it this far, thank you very much for uh, listening. And uh, yeah, if like I said before, our Twitter podcast underscore pond. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to start branching out in terms of stuff that we're talking about. So uh, yeah. shit is going to get exciting. And yeah. um, before we know it, we're going to be talking about hockey again. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. We have some good ideas for a few episodes. I think we want to do a top 20 list, top 20 players. We got to talk about the Olympics. It's still yes. two years away, oh but we have God. to talk about it. Yeah. Um, we'll probably get a few other guys on there. Um, the to, get, to get a nice looking, round table. Oh, the yeah. like, Olympic teams yeah. are looking unreal, just as like a sneak preview. Yeah, you know, and I actually, I, I got a couple funny stories that that I that are definitely worth telling on this podcast. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to get in get into some of that when there's less playoffs and important shit to talk about. Yes, um, we've been swamped ever since we started eleven episodes ago. So <laughs> <laughs> feels like it's been longer than that, man. It does. Although it I does. guess eleven episodes, like that's like what nine weeks. We did two for a while. Yeah, we, I think a, there was like three or four weeks we did two episodes. Yeah. So but yeah okay all right well. all right guys well thank you so much for listening uh i'm your boy colton pegana that's michael holford and uh thanks for listening hey. guys and uh we'll catch you next week on tuesday pa pa peace